With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Get a smarter home energy solution with B-Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to the first serve. Uh, We are right in the cut and thrust of Wimbledon, and it's not since 1999 that we've had four Australians uh, into the second week with a chance of getting to the quarterfinals. Go back to Yelena Dokic, the scud, Mark Philippoussis, the great Pat Rafter and Wayne Arthurs, the lefty, who uh, doesn't always get maybe the kudos he deserved of a uh, very good uh, career. A big night for uh, Australia. Alex Dimonor is going to kick off all the action in about uh, half an hour's time. He'll be out on the number two court, followed by Isla Tomlanovic. Uh, Nick Kyrgios will be on centre court tonight from uh, 10.30 Eastern. And Jason Kubler will be on the number one court, second up, approximately about 11.30 midnight tonight, depending how the first match goes. So we've got a lot to look forward to. Uh, tonight, we're about to head across to award-winning tennis journalist, our man on the ground at SW19, Courtney Walsh. Esther Demonor, the mother of uh, Alex, is going to uh, join us as well. I've actually caught up with Esther as she was cooking bacon and eggs for all the family about an hour and a half ago. And uh, she's pretty nervous, uh, it'd be fair to say. And Steve Baldus is the CEO of WS Sports Media, who have just acquired Jason Kubler. Uh, so Steve's been on the ground all week signing endorsements. Bit of a game changer for Jason Kubler. He's going to join us a little bit later on. Shane Leonage from Data Driven Sports Analytics, who is, of course, very much part of the On Jabur team. And, well, the way the cards have fallen, she looks like a Monty on her side of the draw to make at the final at least. So Shane will pull apart some numbers a little bit uh, later on. But uh, we are here, of course, uh, tonight, thanks to our good friends at Tennis Direct. If you want to text into the show, 0433981116, Australia's favourite online tennis store, fast delivery, great prices, free delivery on orders over $150. You can uh, go to their website any stage uh, during the week, tennisdirect.com.au. If you use a little code called FIRSTSERV10, you get a nice little discount and the goods will be delivered to you. So uh, support our great partners, uh, Tennis uh, Direct. So there's a lot on the B-Solar uh, menu tonight. We're going to start with uh, Courtney Walsh. She's on the ground. He's ready to go. Uh, he might have gone for a run early this morning. Uh, he's had his Wheaties and he's feeling good. Walshy, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning. Uh, well, good evening, Brett. Uh, not quite a run this morning. I had a couple of beers last night uh, with some friends in town, and so it was a little slower off the mark. I'll save the run for tomorrow morning. Well, you, you've got to have a day of stamina, uh, Walshie, because we've got four Australians. We're going to have eyes everywhere. What do you? What's your vibe? What are you, What are you feeling? Are you, you're, you're walking into SW19 today, confident that we can secure a few victories. Uh, what's uh, the most uh, immediate thoughts? I would hope that we have at least three of the four, and I do think we've got chances in all four. I've been really encouraged by the way the four that are remaining, Kubler, Kyrgios, Diminor, 
until Nanavik have been playing all week. Uh, obviously, a lot of chatter about Nick. Not surprising whenever he's uh, in the tournament and pushing deep. But I think it's probably overshadowed to an extent just the quality of performances from the other three. I think Tom Lanovics has been exceptionally good. Her yep. win over uh, Krajikova a couple of days ago, the way she sort of turned around that match and, and fought it through and, and, and showed great poise at the end. I thought it was exceptionally good tennis from her, another step forward. And we know she was a quarterfinalist last year. It's no easy task again, but she's certainly playing well enough. And, and I do give her you know, some claims of, uh, of being able to push even deeper, hopefully sort of through to a career best effort at the Grand Slam. And the same for Dimonor in terms of, you know, you'd hope he can get through to a quarterfinal the second of his career. And for Kubler, well, it's already been a, a landmark tournament for him. Uh, exceptional to see. So he's at a tougher one against Taylor Fritz. But no, look, I think the way he's playing, if he's pulled up okay physically from a couple of days ago, Fritz is obviously another step up in terms of class. But mm, mm. Jason's playing exceptionally well. Yep, he is, uh, no doubt. And, you know, I go back to 2018, US Open. I went out to, I can't remember what court it was, uh, Walshy, when uh, Jason Kubler, the last time he was inside the top 100, took on Taylor Fritz, and he went over heavily on the ankle. He was uh, at the back of the court for quite some time. He couldn't move. They got him back on his feet, but he took uh, no further part uh, in that match. And and then, of course, the ranking slipped again. He's been through all the trials and tribulations of uh, injury, so quite fitting in a way that he plays uh, Taylor Fritz again, who's... Well, a hell of a lot better player than he was uh, four years ago. Look, no doubt about that. We were, uh, I think, we were courtside at the same time, uh, and and I remember sort of the uh, the difficulty afterwards because you just felt sick to the stomach for a guy who had had such misfortune to then fight back, and and he was a set up and and all over for it. So I thought he was playing really well. Uh, you know, then know that he's transported to hospital. You're hoping that the the results are not that bad with that angle injury. So to to come back to this point. Fantastic. He's certainly a better player, Fritz. We've seen that at uh, you know at Masters levels. We saw him in Melbourne at different stages, holding that, that two set lead on yep. Novak. Yep. Um, he's clearly a player that you think will be contending for majors. You know, he's got pretty much everything in the in the book in terms of uh, what he can do on the court, and he's still young. He, he's one that uh, I, I guess maybe gets overlooked a little bit, but the quality of his performances and consistency is pretty good. So. Certainly, it's going to be a difficult ask, but Jason is playing really well. I thought you know, Jack Sock was match-hardened. He, he was a top-10 player. We know he's had, obviously, his own issues, but he's clearly someone that's exceptionally talented, and Jason just wore him down. Big ask, you know, he hadn't gone to five sets in terms of a major, so it's a big ask for him to back up two days later against a, a, you know, a, a younger man who's probably going to be physically fresher. But the thing I like about Jason is that back end is... Incredible! It's it's a world class back. Well, clearly a world class back end, but yeah, it's just such a such a pure strike shot. The mm. forehand's got a lot of power. Yep. He serve. I think he's serving very well. He, he's got a lot to like about him. And really, I mean, I wish he was getting ranking points clearly because I, I think he, I you know, clearly he's a top fifty <laughs> top fifty player. But what we're seeing. He, he's fantastic. So let's yeah. let's hope he can really give uh, Fritz a shake today. Well, he'd be about 70 live in the rankings, but Steve Baldus is going to join us a little bit later on. I've had a chat to Steve in the last uh, couple of hours. He's extended his stay, uh, much to the chagrin of his family. He'd love to have him home, but he said, how can I not be on the number one court today <laughs> with uh, Jason Kubler 
uh, still in the tournament and uh, the, the, the longer-term strategic uh, planning around Jason's career from here. It's a fascinating insight and we'll dissect that a little bit uh, later on uh, in the show. And we might have a quick listen to Alex uh, Demonor because he's going to be first up uh, stepping out in the next 25 minutes on court. Look, this has always been uh, a goal of mine for a while now uh, to try and make the second week of slams because I feel like I've I've shown great level throughout the year but when it came to slams I kind of haven't shown my best tennis or I haven't been able to crack through that kind of first week of of slams and I think just being able to get through week week one that's that's the biggest thing whether it doesn't have to be pretty doesn't have to be flawless but you know once you're in a second week of a slam you can you know you're getting closer to to the goal and you're putting yourself in positions where you know now all the stress is out you can go out there play stay loose and you know who knows what can happen but these are the positions that I've been really trying to to get to and put myself out there and just give myself a chance play against these top guys and who knows what can happen uh, who knows what can happen indeed he's playing inspired tennis he's seen off two Brits raucous home crowd it's almost like uh, the uh, reverse of well it's like Aussie Kim isn't it, uh, Walshy? Yeah, because he's uh, going out with Katie Bolter. So they've adopted Alex as sort of one of their own, a bit like we adopted Kim Clijsters all those years ago. <laughs> there was a little pantomime billion on the uh, on on court one uh, a couple of days ago when it was pointed out that he had knocked out Jack Draper and then uh, and then Liam Brody, uh, but the, it was very much in good good spirits. And then, uh, you know, clearly when he, he spoke so eloquently about Katie Boulder and her struggles and, and what she'd gone through and even the loss of her grandmother uh, in, the, in the infancy of the tournament, uh, that endeared into a lot of people. But to be fair, we know Alex, he's a genuinely, he's just a genuine person, a very, very good family man. Um, you know, he's got his... His mum, as you said, is on the show later, but you know she's she's over with the younger sisters. The brothers doing an exam in Amsterdam this week, but mm. if he was not studying, he'd be across as well. Yep. They're staying in the house for the first time. I think he's reveling in the fact that you can have some creature comforts at home and some home cooking. And I suspect his mum's probably a spectacular cook as well. But the other thing I've noticed, Brett, and I think this is something we've been waiting for with Alex, he just looks a little stronger. Yep. That serve is getting through the court pretty well. Uh, the forehand is looking stronger. I think that no doubt he's sort of added a, added a bit of power to his frame, and that's having an impact on the court. I, I do like him against Garen today. I think he was, you know, he's, I think he had what they clashed a couple of weeks ago uh, from memory, and, yeah, and he was born. too yep. good there. And I think he's, yeah, and he's been too good. Uh, I think in other clashes, Garen's had a clearly a good run, but I, I just. Look, if Alex plays well, and we know there's always a, the chance that you know they don't bring their best on the day, but I think if he plays well, he goes through. I think he's going to have too much on grass for his arrival today. Uh, we but hope fingers so. crossed that's the case. Indeed, court number two. Now, Walsh, I'll just get your view on the weekend. I, I, I do a lot of crosses across the SEN network. Uh, first question I get asked all the time is Nick Kyrgios and uh, the state of affairs. But I'll, I'll, so I'll park it, because I've said, I've said enough. Um, I'm keen to get your view on... Um, I suppose the, the whole situation around what should be coded, what, uh, what should be a, a default in tennis, uh, we often sort of bring up a lot of uh, periphery stuff in tennis that uh, there's still this grey area around lots of different things that you, you'd like a little bit more uh, black and white on. In your view, what Stefano Tsitsipas did, should he have been defaulted? Is, is it clear to you? I think he should have been. That I, I just think if you 
with with that level of venom, it only takes just a slight stroke of misfortune, you know, a, a, a meter here or there, yep. clips someone in the eye, it causes an exceptionally serious injury. That for mine, you know, you look at AFL and effectively they, you know, the, the, the debate about whether you're ruling on impact or on intent. For mine, the intent was there to thump the ball as hard as he could. He didn't care where that was going. If it had struck someone and hurt them, well, then it's a, a really serious issue. Yeah, I think that that is enough. Now, where do you rule the line? Is it the ones where they belt them all the way in the air and then it comes down? You know, it's a, it's a difficult one. But for mine, I think he should have been. I do think there was claims for being defaulted there. I do think that that's something that does need to be looked at. Um, and as you said, put firmly in black and white. There's a few things, you know, obviously there's been lots of discussion about what unfolded on the on the court and whether it's good for tennis, whether it's not good for tennis. I'm reliably told that if you're actually sitting inside the court, what you, you know, you had, and, and I was in there for a period, you don't hear what Nick's saying. You don't hear the, the utterances. We, we no, obviously are privy to what's no, said in terms of on-court microphones a yep. lot. So we, we can hear all that. But if you're actually watching courtside, you're not picking up the, the aggression or the language or mm. anything like that. And I think that changes the experience somewhat, you know, as a live experience as opposed to uh, perhaps hearing uh, through microphones that are positioned very closely to the players, which I think, you know, I think that's absolutely essential for coverage. But I think that changes the perception a little bit as well. So it's it's a fascinating debate. Uh, I, I don't think Sitsipas is wrong in terms of some of Nick's bullying antics. I, I've said this before to you. Yeah. I, the one, probably the one thing that I can't cop with him is that he he does tend to go at officials who have no yep. word of reply, that they can't fight back. Yep. And that for mine is that that's a bullying thing. But look, the, the rackets, et cetera, that has never really worried me as much as what you know, possibly whether it worries other others, it's uh, it's not a great look, but it doesn't look. It happens, and, it, and a lot of players do it. It's it happens at every level of the sport, but just that little that 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 sort of flaring up that that I struggle with. I mean, you know, then you look at the press conferences and and the back and forth there. Well, look, an old colleague of mine, you know, there was there was quite a firm back and forth, almost like a tennis match with a, mm. a, a former colleague of mine, Jacqueline Magnet, yes. at the Australian Very on the good. weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be fair to Nick, Jack Magnet spent two months on the Ukraine border this year reporting on the on the war. Yep. She's not going to worry too much about a little back and forth with Nick. <laughs> so no. it's um, you know that sort of thing. I think reporters reporters don't necessarily worry about that too much. Uh, you know the back and forth. It's and he, he you know he doesn't have to talk to anyone. He, he, I mean aside from the press conferences, and he can be he can be as combative or as general yep. generous as he is. And and on you know, last weekend he spoke superbly. I think about a lot of the Australians etc. He was insightful mm. leading into it. Clearly, the the match with Jub, you know, things flared from there yep. in terms of the English press getting very interested and excited again. But the numbers, I'm told, from Wimbledon are through the roof, and that's not a surprise with Nick because, A, he's playing unbelievable tennis. The unforced errors, I think it was something like, you know, 60 to 10 – oh, sorry, 30 to 10 uh, yep. in his second round match, 60 to 30 winners to unforced errors uh, yep. against Sitsipas, and Sitsipas is a player of the highest quality. He's playing superb tennis. No doubt about that. There's two conversations. The tennis inside the tram lines is off the charts. All the stuff on the periphery, yes, uh, that, that'll divide everyone and whatever I say, whatever Walshie says, uh, you'll have your say out there. Uh, it's an ongoing debate. I mean, I think I've made my 
uh, point fairly clear for a long time where my DNA probably uh, leans to. But, um, you know, if he can play that sort of tennis, uh, there's no doubt he could win the whole thing potentially. But that is all ahead of us. So, Walsh, we need to get a little break in. Stick with us. We'll uh, uh, talk about a few other things around Wimbledon for the uh, first week. Courtney Walsh is here, thanks to AAT's Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, providing quality coach education across the globe. Courses delivered by industry leaders and tennis business owners. Learn locally, coach globally, internationally endorse, inquire and enrol at aatc.tennis. We're building up to a big day of the Aussies at Wimbledon. Get the sun pay for your electricity with a 6.6 kilowatt solar system from B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve. Your home of tennis. Welcome back to the first serve. Brett Phillips tonight. Courtney Walsh is with me. He's on the ground at SW19. Uh, Walsh, we might bring in Justin, uh, who's uh, given us a call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is a weigh-in on the uh, the Sitsi Pass Kyrgios situation over the weekend. Welcome, Justin. G'day, Brett. How's it going? Fantastic show. Thanks for keeping... Uh tennis in the public interest all throughout the year so uh, keep it up really really enjoy the show mate uh, pleasure appreciate the uh, the comments you got a, a view on Sitsi pass yeah yeah look i actually saw that that match in its entirety right and the way and the venom which did the pass um you know uh, hit that ball into the crowd that was only about 10 centimeters off a, a couple sitting in the stands there it could have done some real damage I, I think it should have been an automatic default also. I agree with uh, Curios on this one. Yeah. He, he, he really should have been defaulted straight away, I think. I mean, he, he didn't miss the guy by much at all. No, look, it's a, it's a fair point. Uh, Justin, before I let you go, Aussies, we're going to tick four boxes tonight. What's your prediction? Yeah, I, I think um, Gimeno's got a real good chance. Um, and then Curios and uh, Nakashima. Nakashima? Nakashima? Yeah. Um, yep. Well, I think that'll be a fantastic match. I think he he will get through if he um, if he if he plays you know ninety five percent of of his best tennis. Uh, but with Brandon Nakashima, he was coached by Kashi back uh, a few years ago. Yep. So maybe there may be some inside information there. So that'll be a real interesting matchup. Um, and then Tom Blanovich he, he is a real good chance. And um, and then Kublet, you know, oh, we'll be just rooting for him and, and hoping he can just. Uh, performed the way he's been over the last uh, yeah. you know, three three matches or so. If he can you know play his best, he, he's in with a real shot. So Indeed. you know, Beautiful. who knows? It's, it's a great time for Aussie tennis, and and uh, you know, it's, it's great to be uh, to be involved and and uh, have, have the flag being flown over at SW, SW19. Good on you, Justin. Really appreciate your call and uh, some in depth analysis. I. Uh, I like it. So I think there's a few in the the camp who thought that that should have been an automatic default. But uh, tennis hasn't had a history of uh, uh, probably getting on top of things uh, as quickly as they should. Uh, well, she got a couple of minutes before we got a break before eight o'clock. I just wanted a quick view. Alcaraz Sinner last night. I loved it. That was the match of the day. Uh, the 20 year old veteran uh, Yannick, who said to 19 year old Carlos. You've stolen all the limelight the last uh, 18 months, two years. I was the big uh, up and coming rising star, and everyone forgot about me. But his returning last night was off the charts. It was brilliant. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because we, we forget that he made a fourth round at the uh, Aussie Open this year. He was too good for Alex Dimonor in that third round match when they played in Melbourne. A quarterfinalist on debut uh, at Roland Garros uh, a couple of years ago. In the 11 majors he's played, he's made at least the fourth round six times. So that's very, very, very good consistency for a young player. Had the good fortune of watching him uh, and covering matches of his uh, against 
Varinka and also against Isner. Now, we know that both of those men are in the t- twilight of their careers, but they are you know, genuine top liners, You know, a three-time major champ, a Wimbledon semi-finalist who's won Masters titles yep. and been top 10 and then knocked off uh, Andy Murray. So I watched those two, and for someone who hadn't won a major or match uh, on grass courts, I thought he'd adapted very nicely. You know, the, the impact of Darren Cale I'm fascinated by. And I did give him a very strong chance. I know Alcaraz had won both matches before that, but I just thought the way he was playing against genuine top liners on grass, I, th- I gave him a fair chance, and, and, and so it showed. But it was not without – I mean, Alcaraz shows great fighting qualities. No doubt. You, know, you can never rule him out. It was a, it was a wonderful match. Again, shot-making sublime, but I just thought his ability, even on even when serving the readjustment shot, if, if, if the return comes back rapidly – his ability to control that double-handed backhand to, to find angles, etc. I thought it was exceptional. And uh, look, he's not without hopes this uh, <laughs> over the next week either. It's uh, I'm fascinated to see how it pans out. And I know Novak's been really good. He was challenged last night, but I'm not so sure it's a uh, a closed book this tournament. It's going to be a great matchup. Well, she really appreciate your time. You enjoy Monday. We will catch up uh, throughout the week. And fingers crossed tonight for the Aussies. Yeah, hopefully it's uh, four Aussies through to the quarters. It'd be a magnificent thing if that happened. Indeed. Uh, Courtney Walsh joining us at SW19. I want to uh, squeeze in John in Brunswick just before we uh, break before 8 o'clock. Uh, John, uh, great to have you on the first serve. Uh, you've got some thoughts on Pass and Kyrgios. Yeah, how you going? Good, mate. Uh, yeah, just quickly, just my thoughts on uh, Pass's game. Uh, do you think he's a little bit uh, overrated? Not overrated, but I mean, this. I find that with his game, he lacks a bit of touch and feel with his ground strokes. Yeah, look, I think like all uh, these players of the next generation, he's still a work in progress. I mean, obviously he and uh, Zverev and and Berrettini and uh, this group that have got themselves into the top 10 are pretty well established now. So they're not going anywhere. They're not going to dip massively uh, south, but they're also trying to figure out their game to go to the next level of winning majors. And he's got the beautiful single-handed backhand, uh, he's dynamic on court. He's got a great wingspan coming to the net. Uh, so he's the all-court player. He's added Philippoussis in for a little stint. He had Thomas Enquist a little bit earlier in the year, mainly had his dad Apostolos with him. So, yeah, I think that's the keys. Now, we're seeing it with our very own Alexi Poprin, who looks a little one-dimensional at the moment. You can have all the power in the world, but it's the guys like Elkaraz who can get forward the drop shot he uses so well. So you've got to bring a bit to your... Uh, a bit to the table in terms of all the different uh, shots. Good on you, John. Esther Demonor is going to join us after the break. Leading into Alex Demonor, Christian Garin. That's the first of the Aussies coming up on a big Monday. Let the sun pay for your electricity with a 6.6 kilowatt solar system from B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve. Your home of tennis. Your home of tennis uh, every Monday night uh, right across the SEN network. Great to have your company on, uh, the course, the start of uh, the second week of Wimbledon. Four Australian live chances in singles action. Never forgetting the Aussies uh, in doubles as well. We've got a couple in the juniors, Eddie Winter, Taylor Preston. So there are a lot of Aussies going around across all the draws uh, this week. The weather looks okay. Uh, a bit of sun out. Alex Dimonor and Christian Garion have just come out on court to uh, officially start their warm-up in a moment. We're going to hear from Alex's mum in just a tick. Off the text, 
uh, to celebrate Australia Day at Wimbledon. I'll be eating uh, Vegemite sandwiches and drinking Milo all night. Uh, I haven't had a Milo for a long time. I used to love Milo uh, as a kid. Um, uh, Mario from Maslin Beach, you're in outstanding form. I don't know how many texts you have sent through in your history of listening to SEM, but... Um, they never disappoint, so uh, no, thank you for uh, the compliments as always. Uh, Brett, you, did you see you no longer need to be vaccinated to enter Australia? That means Djokovic will be suiting up at uh, the 2023 AO. What a fast that makes this year look like. If that's the case, I haven't um, got my head around all that, although I have been in a cocoon for the last uh, two weeks during Grand Slam tennis where I uh, don't have a lot of knowledge of what is actually happening uh, in the world, uh, apart from what is happening in uh, tennis, so... I don't know if officially that is the situation, but um, I'll just take your word on uh, face value, but we'll get more info on that. Uh, Sinner would be the skinniest Italian I've ever seen. He needs to serve a spaghetti and meatballs once a day. Uh, very different body shapes. He and Carlos Elcaraz uh, last night, he shot up um, rapid fire uh, the last, uh, what, two years at uh, Yannick Sinner. But his tennis last night was uh, brilliant. He had the great uh, Riccardo Piatti for a long time as his coach who laid the foundations, who's coached a lot of the, the good players in the game. And he uh, parted from Riccardo after the Australian Open this year, had a new team and uh, just wanted a, a different focus. And look, uh, I, I think he laid a stake in the ground last night just to let everyone know that, uh, hey, I know it's all about Carlos, but uh, my talent is pretty good and I'm getting close. So this is now... Uh, the third time, having uh, reached the Australian Open quarters, uh, Roland Garros quarters as an 18-year-old two years ago, so three of the majors he's been able to get through to the quarterfinal uh, stage. If Kyrgios hit the ball like that, I have no doubt the match would have been defaulted. Come on, NK, Carl at uh, Box Hill. You always get a fair degree of support. Well, when I went to Wimbledon in 2019, I was lucky enough to sit down with Esther Demonor, the mother of uh, Alex, and... I thought I'd give her a buzz uh, last night to see if she'd come on for uh, a chat because uh, her and Alex's siblings don't really travel on tour watching Alex week in, week out. Of course, they're based in Alicante in Spain, Alex having grown up in Sydney, and uh, that's the base. Uh, Spanish mother, Uruguayan uh, father is how Alex um, came into the world and, of course, uh, settled in Sydney when he was a very young boy. But uh, Esther was good enough a couple of hours ago to have a chat to me. She was busy in the kitchen uh, cooking uh, breakfast for everybody. They're all staying in the house as well, she uh, said, in readiness for the fourth round match of Alex Dimonor, his mum pre-match. It's really, really exciting. Um, to be honest, I left, um, um, I planned for a week uh, when I left home, but uh, <laughs> I'm very, very, very excited to still be here. I remember when I sat down and chatted to you the last time I was at Wimbledon in 2019 that you and, you know, Alex's uh, siblings, you know, don't get a, a lot of opportunities to actually, you know, watch him play uh, tennis live or the life of a tennis player travelling around the world. So you must just, you know, really cherish these moments. Of course we do. Plus, um, Wimbledon is uh, probably my favourite tournament and uh, my children as well, all of them. Um Danny couldn't come here this time because he's um, um, still he's studying in Amsterdam and has um, exam week, so he was bummed that he couldn't. But the girls are here with me, and, and we just love Wimbledon. It's a fantastic tournament. Yeah, celebrating a hundred years of uh, centre court, you know. And I always tell people how good the experience is, and that you've got to put it on your bucket list. But if you could succinctly describe what does Wimbledon feel like to you, just the whole environment of uh, of Wimbledon. Oh gosh, it's um probably it's overwhelming. I would say just the 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 history around it, apart from how uh, 
amazing how beautiful it is all set up and just you know you walk through those courts and and all the history that has happened there especially yeah like you said now with the centenary and everything it's it's just oh it's it's an experience everybody who has the chance should be able to to come in and, and live it for themselves it's amazing and and for alex his last two matches have been against british players and i don't think there's a bigger roar <laughs> in tennis around the world than when the brits are supporting their home players and he's been able to sort of silence the crowd in a way. Uh, what's it been like to be at, at those two matches where he's been up against a couple of local players? I wasn't looking forward to the match. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the the pressure of the crowd um, was obviously something else. I mean, I, I, I'm not used to having uh, people not support Alex because he's usually a very liked player um, yeah. wherever he goes. Um, but yeah, obviously playing against Brits, that was going to be the case. But um, I think the fact that he's um, dating Katie has also <laughs> um, pulled crowd support towards him a bit. And uh, um, anyway, he just dealt with the pressure. He, he, he's good at that. He's, he's had experience um, in France against French players. It's the same thing. So, um, yeah, he just, you know, dealt with it and, uh, and uh, played great. And he, he won the crowd. So it's... It's over, thank God. Today, um, no more Brits for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But obviously, he's got a great record against Christian Garin, and they met recently in Eastbourne. So we feel pretty confident back here that uh, he's going to give a, a great showing. And you mentioned just, you know, the popularity of Alex around the world. I mean, people who know their tennis, they're buying tickets. They see Alex Demonor on court and they think, I'm going to go watch Alex because I know that he's going to give hundred percent. He's going to give us great value for money, and and that hasn't changed. But since I spoke to you, three years have passed. He's three years older as just a young man, you know, finding his way in life. How have you seen, you know, the growth of your own son, who you must be just so proud of? I am. I am extremely proud of him. And yes, you're right. He's um, um, he's more settled. He's he's yeah, more of a a, um, a young man, uh, more mature. He's still the same. Um, kid in the sense of uh, the way he fights on court and and uh, the never let die attitude and you know like that hasn't changed he's just more um let's say yeah more responsible as well like towards his 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 um career and uh, and everything around him he's um always like for example the strip making sure that everybody's happy that you know um the family's here with him he he's I, he, always keeping an eye on on everybody to make sure. Okay, did you eat? Are you happy? Did you you know like he's yeah he's he's lovely. He's just a great kid, and, and that comes across uh, no doubt in the way he carries himself in the media. And uh, look, uh, I, I can't sing his praises enough. And I know that uh, back here in Australia, uh, people are just just love the way he uh, competes and and handles himself. And just being in that player box, I mean, it's different for every single player. Some players really feed off the energy of the player box, are always looking over for that support. Are there any instructions from Alex how he wants that player box to conduct themselves? And I imagine during the course of a match, it can be sort of quite stressful, I imagine, sitting in there. You, you and <laughs> I, I saw you post-match, you're standing next to Katie, and you looked almost uh, pretty much exhausted after that last match. <laughs> it is. It is, um, especially because um, that was um, two big matches. We had... Uh, Ah, uh, you mean the the last one when? Um, no, when I was sitting with Katie, she had just um, she had won hers, and then we came to watch Alex, and hers was uh, draining as well. So I was 
<laughs> watching <laughs> watching uh, Katie's match with her mom. And that was a roller coaster match as well. And then we went to watch Alex's and he was and with the, the crowd support um against and everything, obviously, playing a Brit. It was, it, it, it's draining, it is. I mean, it's fantastic and I wouldn't change it for the world, but yep. um, but it's true that that it's it's exhausting. I mean, emotionally exhausting anyway. Yeah, you want him to win and... One last question. I really appreciate your time. It's a busy day for you. So uh, what are you predicting uh, today, Mum? How do you think he's going to go? <laughs> I would love him to win in straight sets. <laughs> so um, that's what I would love him to do but yeah we're there and then he'll give it um he's 100 uh of course christian wants to win as well so we'll see what happens i just hope um yeah it's a good match it's entertaining and you know that he leaves the court um happy with how he played that's all i'm ho- all i'm after well said <laughs> hey great to chat to you again and and good luck uh, all eyes uh, are going to be on alex in australia here tonight and uh we wish um, you and uh, the family all the best as you sit there and uh ride the roller coaster that is a, a tennis match Thank you very much. Esther Demonor, who's courtside right now, and she'd be delighted because Alex Demonor has just broken the Christian Garin serve in the opening game of the match. So uh, uh, that is a good sign. And on uh, court number two, Alex uh, will be followed by Ola Tomlanovic on that court. Uh, Nick Kyrgios about 10.30 on centre court and Jason Kubler second up on uh, court one. Uh, just off the text, 0433981116. Uh, Brett, my only gripe is... Uh, that uh, Nick uh, forgot that he actually uh, smashed the ball into the crowd that hurt the kid at the Australian Open. A little bit hypocritical, uh, Aaron, at uh, Airport West. Well, yeah, that incident um, clearly did happen when they were playing out on uh, Kia Arena. I think he took over a racket, didn't he, uh, that he gave uh, the young boy in the crowd. So, uh, uh, yeah, fair, fair call. Since he passed backhand overrated, uh, sometimes hits the back fence. That's the uh, issue with a single-hander. Uh, that um, it looks great. Aesthetically, it's one of the best shots in the game to watch, but it can obviously uh, lose control. And, yeah, he's a work in progress like many of the next generation, uh, trying to get to that level of uh, Nadal and and Djokovic in particular. Kyrgios, lucky he wasn't playing Eli Nastasi. Nastasi would have jumped the net and served up Kyrgios some uh, new balls. Uh, thank you very much off the uh, the text. Uh, locked in, Foxy from Maui. I assume that's to our show, uh, Foxy. Uh, hello, I kind of agree with you, but I think most of Australia would like three wins tonight. And that flog uh, gets on a plane and gets out of there and goes somewhere where no one sees or hears of him. That's what the majority of us want. He's a complete flog and an absolute disgrace. And you guys should not be supporting him. Forget that he's a tennis player and judge his actions and the way he behaves. He's a disgrace to the country. And the quicker world tennis bans him for five years to get him out of the sport, the better. That's his... Um, that's as uh, direct as you can get off the uh, off the tennis director text uh, tonight. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Once again, I don't want to really spend much time going um, down the the Kyrgios, uh, track. I've said so much across the journey. Um, you know, we have four Aussies here. We want them to win. We want all our Australians to win. And if you're just viewing the tennis, and hopefully tonight we're just talking about the tennis. And uh, pound for pound, he should beat Nakashima if he just. Uh, focuses on uh, what's happening inside the tram lines. But it's almost like he just loves having that volcanic atmosphere every match he uh, plays. And some like it, some don't. Uh, some will agree with me and some will think that I'm just trying to poo-poo Nick Kyrgios uh, all the time. You can only speak authentically on these things. And uh, we're not here to character assassinate, but we're here to give opinion and judgment, as we do uh, with all the Australians. Uh, Hume Tennyson Community Centre, it's a mini Melbourne park 
in Melbourne's north. It's got tennis for everyone, perfect also for coaches and players. If you're coming from interstate to train and compete, close to Melbourne Airport, accommodation available. Find out more at humetennis.com.au. So what's left heading into week two of Wimbledon? Obviously, it'll be Novak Djokovic up against Yannick Sinner in a quarterfinal. Djokovic had a set taken off him last night by Tim van Rijthoven. Whatever happens to the Dutchman from here, he can say he won a set on uh, centre court. But I think this young man's actually going to kick on. Three weeks ago, 205 in the world. He'd never played a main draw ATP match in Sir Hertogenbosch in uh, the Netherlands. He got a wild card into his home tournament, won the whole thing, beat Medvedev in the final. So then, and John McEnroe questioned this last night, why would Wimbledon then give him a wild card? But that's at their discretion. Uh, and they rewarded him because of his good grass court form. So he gets a wild card into his first ever major and goes all the way through to the fourth round and takes a set off Djokovic. So you sort of think, where's this young man being? But there's a lot of them. There's a stack of them between 100 and 300 in the world who can all play very, very good tennis, but they just can't do it consistently. Uh, the other quarterfinal on that side of the draw will be uh, David Goffin. Good to see him uh, back in the last eight, he's had three tough years at slam level. Former world number seven. He's had some injuries to deal with as well, but uh, that was a, a marathon that match uh, defeating Francis TFO. And, and Cam Norrie, well, there's a story uh, in tennis. Born in South Africa. Uh, father is Scottish. Mother is Welsh. They're both microbiologists. They get out of South Africa because it was a, a tough time living there. They go to New Zealand and Cam Norrie takes up tennis, and he represents New Zealand as a junior, but the funding really wasn't there by the time he got to 15, 16. And his parents being uh, native Brits, of course, he packed his bag, went on his own as a 16-year-old and travelled to uh, London, uh, went as part of an academy over there, and he's been representing Great Britain for the last 10 years. He'd been solid on the tour, and all of a sudden, uh, last year, this massive spike from about 70-odd in the world to the top 10, one Indian Wells, and uh, he's taken his tennis to a whole new level, and uh, he was too good for Tommy Paul overnight. So uh, Cam Norrie of GB uh, flying the flag for the Brits on that side of the draw. And, of course, uh, the other matches uh, coming up uh, today, we've certainly spoken about the three Aussies in their fourth-round matches. The other match will be uh, Rafael Nadal up against uh, Botic van der Sanschulp, one of the great names in uh, tennis. Let's hope he doesn't make uh, a good run in Australia uh, when we're doing ball-by-ball commentary uh, next uh, January. But uh, he's been a good story the last uh, 18 months. But uh, Nadal uh, looks pretty prime, doesn't he? Certainly to go through at least to the final on that side of the draw. And you look at the women's. We'll have a chat to Shane Leonage in the next 20 minutes, who's the data analyst of uh, Angebeur. She's the only seeded player left in her side. So she'll take on Marie Bushkova of the Czech Republic, who knocked over Caroline Garcia overnight. So she's in uncharted waters in a quarterfinal. And how about the other quarterfinal? Tatiana Maria, mother of two, 34 years of age, uh, knocks out Yelena Ostapenko, who decimated a chair uh, last night in true Yelena fashion. And she'll play Jules Nima from Germany, who I can honestly say I'd never heard of uh, heading into uh, this Wimbledon uh, campaign. So 15 seeds are falling on that side of the draw, which is not uncommon in women's tennis. Uh, core name Tom Lenovich uh, today. Uh, Ryber Keen is certainly uh, a player who's going to start to make an impression at the slam. Seeded, big, tall, uh, serving 
uh, gee, I don't know, uh, I think it's up around sort of 150, 170. Uh, a lot of aces in her matches up against Petra Matic. Paola Badosa still there as the highest ranked player on that side of the draw to play Simona Halep, who's been there and done that, showing all her fighting qualities to get through to this stage of the draw. And then Amanda Anisimova to take on Harmony Tan, who's still there. She must think all her Christmases have come at once. Didn't even expect to take a couple of games off Serena Williams in the opening game. Beats Serena, and she's continued her journey, of course, uh, through to the uh, fourth round. So I have the matchups uh, still to come. We'll slip in a break. We're going to focus on uh, Jason Kubler and uh, his journey uh, tonight. We'll also hear a bit from Pat Rafter, who spoke to Patton Heels on SENQ uh, 693 out there in Brisbane. Uh, breakfast uh, this morning, always interesting and a lot more to come. Your calls too, 1300 736 736. Let the sun pay for your electricity with a 6.6 kilowatt solar system from B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve. Your home of tennis. Welcome back to the First Serve. Brett Phillips tonight, your home of tennis. You can uh, keep an eye on us uh, during the week at thefirstserve.com.au and all our socials as well, uh, covering uh, Australian tennis uh, from uh, every angle, from the pros all the way to those doing a little harder and those beginning their journey, of course, uh, in the juniors. So it was a break of serve, then a hold of serve for uh, Alex Demonor. Two games to love, and then Christian Garin has just held his serve. So back to Demon to try and get it to 3-1. The first, the Aussies out tonight. Hard pick, but who wins the women's now, Brett? Michael on the text. Well, I think this is made for Ons Shabur uh, to win a major, which would be a, an outstanding story in tennis, uh, what she's done for her country. Uh, Tunisia, they're in the north of Africa, and, yeah, I think she's the best equipped. Uh, if her or Bedosa don't win it, an absolute smoky's going to get up and win on the women's side, uh, not forgetting her own... Isla Tomlanovic. I mean, anything can happen over the next week. Uh, Isla's playing very, very good tennis. So Peter's in Sydney. He's given us a call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Peter, welcome. Hi, Brett. How are you going? Good, thank you. Um, yeah, I remember I was down in Melbourne about three years ago at the Australian Open, and I remember on show court two was a young American girl called Cece Bellis. Yep. And she was so she beat a seeded player. I think she was a young, at 17, she ranked in the top 40. That I hadn't heard anything at all for a few years, and um, I understand she's retired. Um, can you, can you t- fill me in what, what the situation was with her? I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, I know she had an injury that was debilitating. Um, I think uh, the Tennis Channel, uh, Sam Groth did this as well, the Tennis Channel followed her around for a little bit where she sort of took us inside her her life as a professional tennis player uh, I'll, I'll get Jordy might help me out. Just get a double check on CC. I know she was injured for quite some time and uh, off the tour, but yeah, Peter, hang around, keep listening to us over the next half hour or so, and we'll uh, give you the lowdown on uh, CC Ballas. Uh, Jason Kubler, speaking of injuries, hopefully he's over the worst of his injuries because he's had seven knee operations. Uh, the 29-year-old from uh, Queensland. He's into the fourth round for the very first time. Taylor Fritz later tonight, but here are the thoughts of uh, Jason Kubler. You know, this is only the second time I played best of five sets, so to be able to win it like that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've never played a match in uh, conditions like that before. Super, super happy. How are you physically? Are you up for a, another one? Yeah, well, I'm going to try to anyways. Other than a few slips on court, I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah, I, but to be honest, regardless how I feel, I'm going to try as hard as I can on Monday and then just sort of see what happens. Coming in, 
I mean, what were your realistic expectations? I mean, is, w- w- did you genuinely give yourself a chance of getting through to the second week? And, and the second one on that, um, Isla was in before saying that she didn't book her accommodation for the yeah, second I week, her old that. man. Did you book accommodation for two weeks? I didn't even book accommodation till after qualies. So when we qualied on the, the Thursday, I think our ACOM finished Friday. So then I was stressing that Friday trying to find somewhere. But look, I'm staying at the official hotel now, which is which is fine. But yeah, with my expectation, you know, I remember, you know, before quality started, then I may have got interviewed and they asked, you know, what do you think about the points? And I said, man, I'm just happy to get that $10,000. Like, that's all I was thinking about. And then now in hindsight, I'm kind of like, oh, well, if there was points, it'd be pretty cool. But that was sort of my expectation. You know, I'm coming here to sort of, if I can get past a couple of rounds, hopefully qualify, you know, with my ranking only being like, you know, 98, 99, 100, that's sort of the expectation you you go in with so to reach the the second week is yeah like i probably didn't think it was going to happen in pro 11 years obviously junior world number one does this success that you're having now does it feel like a long time coming or did it does it feel like something that was never going to come yeah if i could tell you then i'll just keep doing it you know it's a weird one because i've only really started playing very good tennis the last couple months um before that it, it was one of those ones where i sort of felt like i was floating around to an extent like i was you know i was doing okay i was sort of getting injured a little bit but I was always just doing okay and then sort of the last couple of months has been pretty good in terms of my results yeah like I think this is definitely something that I can build off like if anything this is just going to add more confidence and sort of give myself a better opportunity to you know hopefully do this again at the next Grand Slams I think with all tennis matches there's a lot of little moments in each match so you know I can go back to my first round college and I was down a set and break points to go down a break obviously so there's a lot of little moments in matches that you know even if you're winning all the time there's little moments you need to win so in my first round college there were moments in my second round qualities there was definitely moments where the other guy could have won as well I could say I, I'm fortunate that they've all sort of gone my way but I also think maybe the last couple of months I've really tried to work on sort of the mental side and really trying to think more long term instead of so short term and so right now and I think that's that's definitely helped. That's a good story. We'll get more insights after the break from Steve Baldus, his uh, manager. Uh, just on CC Bellis for you, Pete, in Sydney. So she announced her retirement after the Australian Open uh, earlier this year. Her quote, uh, last year after seeing little, no improvement with my arm, that was a long-term injury, I made the decision to stop playing tennis. I had been in the same cycle of rehab training and injuries for three years plus and mentally, physically, just couldn't do it anymore. So... Yeah, um, a debilitating uh, arm injury for CC Bellis, which is a shame. She had a lot of talent. I think got to about 35 in the world in the, the rankings. So one of uh, many promising uh, young American. They bat pretty deep in terms of the men's and the females' uh, rankings. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back with Steve Baldus, Shane Leonage as well. We're keeping an eye on the Demon, who's just held serve three games to one in the opening set against Christian Garin at SW19. Back against rising energy prices with a 6.6 kilowatt solar system from B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve. Your home of tennis. Aussie watch at Wimbledon on this uh, Monday night. Alex Dimonor at first with a break, uh, leading three games to two in the opening set against Christian Garin. Tom Lenovich, uh, Kubla and Kyrgios to come tonight. Oh, what a beautiful lady Esther is. Uh, nice interview. Thank you, Michael, uh, the mother of uh, Alex Dimonor, joining us a little bit earlier. Puts more bums on seats than anyone in tennis. Uh, I assume, you, Cam, you're referring to uh, Kyrgios. Uh, Brett Nick is a flog at times. Some of my favourites growing up in the 70s were McEnroe, Connors, Cash, all fiery. Don't forget that Hewitt called the Australian in public something disgusting many years ago. Uh, Nick out there at Essendon with his view on the text. Well, we heard from Jason Kubler just before the break. 
Uh, w Sports and Media have uh, just acquired Jason as a client. Their CEO is Steve Baldus. He used to be the CEO of Tennis uh, South Australia. And back in the day, he was a tennis player. Steve, returning to SW19 for the first time in three decades since he teamed up with Scotty Draper to win the Wimbledon Junior Doubles. It seems like a lifetime ago, but yeah, it's it's been 30 years since uh, Scott Draper and I won Junior Wimbledon back in 1992. So yeah, I, I haven't been back. This is the first time I've been back since then, and and it was just magic to to be back um, at the All England Club. And yeah, it's funny. I, I I'd had heaps of people send me pictures over the years of my name on the honour board, but I'd never actually seen it myself uh, in person. And and you know, this year I got the opportunity to to walk by and, and and see it and it was just it was really emotional you know I'd, I'd um 30 years is a long time and just a dream to to come back and and to be part of you know the the tournament but also yeah it just a, it brought back a lot of memories of of uh, scott and my run back in 92 must be a, a really special feeling to look at an honour board in the home of uh, tennis history, uh, Wimbledon. Uh, I, I can't imagine how special uh, that is. So you've come back 30 years on, and this is the great part about tennis, is that you, you just cannot totally read uh, the script. I mean, I'm always asked to give predictions pre-tournament, who's going to win, who are going to be the contenders, and then you get to the second week and there's names in the draw on both sides that you would never have uh, possibly uh, predicted. But, you know, I've always uh, loved the story of uh, Jason Kubler. And, you know, I remember the first time I went to Wimbledon, uh, Steve, I was watching a very young Jason in juniors and he knew the talent uh, that he had back then, the trials and tribulations of injury. And it snuck up his age, actually, uh, 29. You think he's still a, a very, very young man. He's still, of course, in life terms. But fantastic just to see him getting some reward and, uh, you've gone into the, the player management side uh, these days, of course, having been tennis SACO, former player and a lifetime in uh, tennis. And I know you've just recently acquired uh, Jason uh, on your books. Just tell us about the relationship with him and what the last week has been to sit courtside, uh, where you have been, as I did text you, you've been getting some good uh, good camera time. <laughs> oh, well, Jason's just, you know, he's one of the most popular guys on the tour. He's just a great guy and, um, you know, his talent is unquestioned. You know, he's, he's one of the best ball strikers around and uh, just hasn't had the, you know, the best luck with injuries and, you know, his body's healthy now and um, he is just playing lights out. Um, just, you know, uh, made it through qualifying. His ranking would have got him in, but with the cutoff, the way it worked, he had to go into qualies, um, didn't didn't make a fuss, um, won his three matches in qualifying, played fantastic. So going into the tournament, you, you knew he, he was playing well above where his ranking was. He's just put it all together on the court. You know, and 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 given his talent, the opportunity to shine, and he's just played some unbelievable tennis. The first round, he he played Dan Evans on one of the show courts, and you know, big English crowd all cheering for Dan, and and Jason's just come out and and just smashed him in three sets. Played some of the best tennis I've ever seen him play. He he on the biggest stage, he stepped up and um, played an amazing match. You know, had. Leighton Hewitt and the crowd watching him, cheering him on. And, and you know, he really, he loves Leighton and that was a big thrill for him. So, you know, cleaning him up in, in three, um, you knew he was going to be something great in the tournament. And then, you know, his next round he played Dennis Novak, who's another qualifier, also in good form. And, yeah, he played another very impressive match um, on a, 
uh, you know, again, second round of Wimbledon, you're expecting to have some nerves, but you know, no nerves at all. Uh, you know, tough situation. He he was serving for the match or about to serve for the match. You know, typical London weather. Weather comes in, rains, so he has to finish the match, go uh, finish the next day. And you're always worried when there's a big delay like that. Does, you know, does it get in your mind? Do you think about it? Comes out the next day mm. on his serve, wins four points in a row, wins the match. Um, no nerves, you know, a couple of aces, a couple of forehand winners. And I just love that, you know, this whole week's been so much fun. So I could talk about it all day. But, you know, and then he, he plays Jack Sock, former top 10 player. You know, the longest match of the tournament. He's down two sets to one. You'd, you'd give him, you know, if he wanted to, to you know, pack it in and say, well, it's a great run um, and, and not, you know, finish through the match. But he did and he won in five. And the atmosphere at the end of that match was incredible, Brett. It was, um, you know, the, it started off, there was a lot of Americans in the crowd all cheering for Jack. And by the end of the match, it, the whole crowd was cheering for, for Jason. And, um, uh, yeah, and that puts him into the fourth round. Yeah, phenomenal. Four hours and 36. Uh, it was uh, compelling viewing, I've, I've got to say. And when, it's funny, we get to this stage of the tournament and you see a run like Jason and if the rankings points were available, he'd be about, I think, about 70 live. So he doesn't get the benefit of that. But significantly, he gets a paycheck that he hasn't often been afforded or has not, hasn't really been afforded in tennis, which is obviously significant for him to set up the next phase of his career. And I know that, you know, we do a bit of work with Stephen Huss, as you know, here on the first serve. And Hussey's been doing a little bit of work with him in recent time. I suppose just people around him now trying to design the path forward so that he can maximise this maybe, what, three or four-year window while he's fit and healthy to, you know, really get some rewards financially out of the sport uh, where he's had to, you know, really battle like so many players uh, down the, the lower ends. This is sort of a bigger story than just now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Look, the points would have been great and and sure that, you know, that that would have helped his ranking, but he's in the fourth round of Wimbledon, you yeah. know, and, and the players here... They're, they're just playing the tournament. They know how special it is. And, and, and you know, no matter what happens from here, having the, being in the fourth round of the biggest tournament of the year is you know, something which uh, is a, a dream come true for, for players, you know, and, and he's there. And he's, he's just enjoying every minute. He's staying really positive. Um, his body's really good. Mm. Um, and he's, he's setting himself up for a big match today. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Taylor Fritz is, you know, a phenomenal player and also in, in incredible form. So it's going to be a tough match, but, you know, he's ready for it. And and um, and I think he'll, he'll come out and, and, and have a really top performance. You know, Stephen Huss is a, a friend of mine. We, we grew up in juniors together and, and went to college at the same time. He's a... He's a fantastic coach, um, part of the team now, and and, and Jason talks to him, um, you know, uh, constantly throughout the tournament. Uh, he's also here with Jared Bunt, who's his coach, mm. who's a fantastic coach as well. And so he's got a good team around him, really positive team, um, having a good frame of mind. And, and yes, yeah, sure, the financials are uh, are also great. You know, he's um, I've been busy this week um, working through, you know, um, some endorsements and, and so forth off the court. And then on the court, he's, he's been, um, yeah, it's just a, a, a big paycheck. And then, and it also sets him up then to really invest in, yep. um, in the next few years, you know, have the right team around him financially set. Um, and that's going to mean fantastic things for, for his uh, performance and ranking over the next few years. Yeah. For the level he can play, I've always said, you know, he should be, 
you know, for me, permanent top 100 and the body looks like it is holding up and uh, I hope he stays in double digits from here because he deserves to, certainly for his talent. And I think how appropriate that he's playing Fritz because I remember being at the US Open courtside for their match back in 2018 when he uh, uh, went over on the ankle and had to go off court and retire when he had got himself in the top 100. So he gets um, another opportunity to play Taylor, who's obviously had an incredible 12 months. Uh, so you, you've actually extended your stay. This is always the hard thing with tennis, isn't it? You you uh, book for a certain period. You don't know how it's all going to unfold, but you can't leave now. And obviously there's people <laughs> at home that would probably love you to come home, Steve. But here's Jason Kubler with a, uh, the biggest match of his life and uh, you're extending your stay. Oh, uh, well, look, I've been away for, for two weeks already. It's the longest time I've been away from my kids um, <laughs> and my wife. So I was all booked to come home today. And um, uh, yeah, I've extended it. I, I couldn't pass up the opportunity and, and um, to watch Taylor play. He's on court one. Uh, you know, the crowd's going to be huge, uh, which will be, you know, a lot of fun. And um, we'll just see how it goes. Good luck. I'm sure the cameras will be panning on the Kubler uh, entourage uh, tonight. So uh, be, uh, be in your, your best form, please. A few fist pumps. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, it, 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 yeah, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a great story. He's a great guy and yep. um, very humble. And I know he's going to do himself in Australia proud tonight. Let's, let's hope he, um, he has a great performance. He, he, uh, you know, like I said, he, he's so chilled. Yeah. Um, I, I've never been around a player as chilled as him. And uh, so he's he's just taking it all in. He's feeling really good. Uh, mate, he he is playing. The, the players all talk, obviously, and mm. and and the other you know, agents and, and other administrators, and they all think of him as a top 20 player, top 30 yeah. player. So they're not they're not surprised. Um they they they've just been waiting for him to have this shot. So yeah. Indeed, uh, he's uh, he's a big chance, I think, uh, to keep going. Uh, that was uh, Steve Baldus, of course, uh, CEO of W Sports and Media, who have acquired uh, Jason Kubler here, thanks to uh, Asti, of course, Asti Tennis Courts, they're Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialist, trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. So check out aste.com.au. Holding sway still, Alex Demonor, chance to go 5-2 up in the first set of his fourth-round match, looking for a spot in the quarters. Uh, plenty more to come here on the first serve. Staller 6.6 kilowatt solar system plus battery from just $25 a week at B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve. Your home of tennis. Welcome back to the first serve. Brett Phillips tonight. Uh, Cutlass set points for Alex Dimonor at 5-2 in the opening set against Christian Garin of uh, Chile. We're keeping an eye on that. Uh, Jason Kubler to come uh, tonight. Isla Tom Lanovich and, of course, uh, Nick Kyrgios. I wanted to bring in Shane Leonage, of course, um, data analytics star from uh, Data Driven Sports Analytics, working with a lot of the best players in the game, including a real title contender on the women's side, On Jabur. Been a big part of the On Jabur team and story over the last uh, three years. Uh, Shane, great to have you on the show. Hi, Brett. Thanks for the introduction. Um, yeah, great to be back on. Well, I was asked before by Michael who's going to win the women's, and I'm looking at it, and I think this is a huge opportunity, clearly for Ons on her side of the draw. Bedosa, the best equipped on the other side of the draw. But just give us your take. You obviously work closely with the Ons team in in you know pulling apart matches, the planning for the next matches. She's a delight to watch, I've got to say, and getting a fan base all over the world wherever she goes. People love her game style. But what about just from an analytics point of view? How have you seen it? Yeah, I mean, she's. Um, I think the preparation has been really, really good. I think uh, the team made a really good call 
to pull her out of the singles the week before. Um, and I think that's just kept her a little bit fresh, um, both mentally and physically, just to go into this first week. And, and yeah, look, I think she's been raising her level. Um, uh, Merton's was a really tough tough match, and I, I thought, you know, very high-quality first set, could have gone either way, and, yeah, on just, uh, you know, t- took the first set, really. I don't think um, Merton's lost it, so I, that, that was impressive. Um, but yeah, I, you know, the, everyone everyone left is, is is capable, and I know that, you know the, some of the the women that are left on the bottom half may not seem credentialed, but they they have really strong grass court games. They they use the slice, they come forward. So, you know, every every match is is dangerous. Um, and yes, of course, on the top top half, you have still got Halep, you've got Bedosa, I think you have got Anisimova. So yeah. that you know, it's, it's not a done deal. And uh, yeah, we've got to keep um, you know. Uh, working for each match as it, as it comes. Uh, Shane, from what you can tell us, and uh, you can't divulge everything inside uh, the ONS uh, camp, of course, and that is absolutely uh, fair enough, but uh, the evolution of her, her game, I always am fascinated to listen to commentators call her matches who are clearly captivated by her game style, um, and they sort of pull it apart from their angle, but you know, her coaching sum has been with her for a long time, you've been part of the camp for a little while now, and you've got to keep evolving, don't you? Because players are emerging, the better you get you become a target, they want to take your scalp, they're trying to pull apart your strengths and weaknesses um, You know, just give us a little insight into the, the ONS you know, development as a player Yeah, look, I think and, and I know Isam was on your show a few years back, maybe 2020 and uh, and I guess we, we started at the start of 2020 together um, and, and there were a number of areas. I think we, we had what I would say a long-term plan and some of the data showed some areas that were going to take, you know, 12, 18 months to, to sort of develop. Uh, and then there were some short-term goals, which were really important because we wanted to, you know, go up the rankings and make it easier in draws and, uh, and you know, start sort of getting that confidence. Um, so there, I guess there were layers of different things that we, we worked on um, and, and, and data really played an important part to to, to just verify that you know some of the changes that the coaching staff, um, you know, the training had made uh, were actually making the impact that we we wanted. So um, yeah, over the three years, I think she's it's fair to say she's physically a lot fitter. So it's just given her opportunity to get to more balls, do more with it. Um, I think uh, one of the things that Isam's really done really done really well with her. Um, and I know since juniors, she's had a number of coaches. They they almost took that creative side out of her. Whereas this arm, as soon as he's come in, said, "No, that's that's you. Um, yep. That that we can't take away the creativity." So, um, yeah, he's sort of built a game around that. I added some structure to it, and and uh, yeah, and it's taken it's taken a, a a couple of years to get there, and that just shows that you know, these things don't happen overnight. Well, she's a big live chance to maybe win her first major. Certainly some work to do, turning the page into the second week. We've got a couple of minutes, Shane. Uh, just the, the Aussies, uh, you're, you're right across, you know, pulling apart numbers across uh, the whole uh, tours, ATP, uh, WTA, looking at all the trends. Uh, obviously, uh, good uh, situation here for Demon. He's taken the first set against Garin. So he's certainly come in as the favourite. Kubler's the underdog against Fritz. Tom Yanovich, uh, certainly with Cornet. That could go either way. Three sets uh, possibly, and um, if Nick plays at his best, he he probably proves too good for Nakashima. But just give us a, a couple of generic thoughts about the Aussies. Yeah, look, uh, I'm a, I might start with Kubler. I just, I've just been really impressed with him. I was at Roland Garros actually this year, and I was on the annex courts with one of the players we were working with, and and uh, I think Kubler had finished his qualifying match. Uh, he came down to the courts by himself with balls. Um, 
and he just went and served some more. And that was just uh, that self-improvement. He wasn't satisfied with what he did in the qualifying match, went in there, did, uh, did some more work to, to be happy. Um, and that's that sort of resonates in what he's done over the last couple of months. He won, I think, the Little Rock Challenger event. Um, he's just physically and mentally a lot better as well. Um, I remember scouting him when I was on the, the yep. Thomas Fabiano team. And one of the mm. things we, we, we scouted said physically and mentally uh, after a while, we, we, we could run over the top of him, even though he was very talented. And, and, and Thomas won, won in four sets. And you just contrast the way he played against Jack Sock. Like, you know, there was, there was no quit in his game. And I think, you know, credit to, to what he's done over the last year. And, um, you know, I, I think he's got a good chance against Fritz. Um, if you look at who uh, Kubler's beaten, he's beaten all you know, all court players, defensive players, yeah. you know, big ground strokes with players like Jack Sock. So I think he can handle bricks if his body body's recovered from that five set match. No doubt. Uh, really quickly, Tom Lenovich, Cornet. Yeah, that, that's a fifty-fifty. I think uh, Cornet's coming in off some good form from from Germany. Um, yep. But Isla's been some big players. So I think you know that's that's that, that's that's a line ball. I, I, it's very hard for me to call. I think that'll be a tight three setter. And uh, Nick tonight, I mean, it always depends what frame of mind he's woken up in. I mean, Nakashima, I'm a big fan of. Uh, he's come along, one of, what, 12 Americans inside the top 100. He's sort of the last who's been emerging, the 20-year-old. But, geez, taking some giant leaps. And uh, uh, I'm really keen to see what he brings to the table. You know, big occasion to play on centre court. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nakashima is a big talent. Um, we we scouted him against Emil Rusevori last year, and he, yeah. and he and he beat. I think it was the semi final. He beat Emil. Um, very very talented. Obviously, playing Nick on grass um, is is a tough ask. Um, Nick's been. I think what he's been doing incredibly well. He, he's got. I think got forty percent unreturned serves against Tsitsipas, sixty one against Krajinovic. So he's just getting a lot out of that serve. So it'll be interesting to see how Nakashima sort of uh, combats that, but. You know, once I get into a baseline rally, Nakashima is very strong. So Nick will want to avoid that as much as possible. No doubt. You can check out Shane at Data Driven Sports Analytics, uh, working with some of the best players and teams in the game. Mate, really appreciate your time and enjoy the tennis tonight. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, guys. Shane Leonage uh, joining us here on the first serve. All thanks to Yarra Tennis Coaching at Eaglemont Tennis Club, is just off the Eastern Freeway. Junior and adult programs available. Check out Shane Scrutton. He's got over 30 years coaching experience. It is simply wants to improve your game, whether you're a complete beginner or you're actually half serious about the caper. Check out yarratennis.com.au. So, Demon, off to a good start. One set to love. Uh, just get yourself perched uh, tonight. It's going to be a long one uh, because uh, Kyrgios uh, Nakashima are about 10.30. Kubler about midnight. Isla will follow this match. So, yeah, we could finish it at a half-decent hour, but... Anytime I try and predict how a day of tennis is going to unfold, um, a regulation match turns into a five-set epic and uh, <laughs> we've got eyelids hanging below our knees. Uh, that's how it rolls. You know what the start of the day looks like beyond them? It's uh, in the lap of the gods. Uh, Yonex, 76 years of performance product, crafted in Japan. Get a hold of a nice Yonex racket this week. Check out their latest range at yonex.com. Let's hope we have some great Australian success. It'll be a beautiful way to celebrate week two at Wimbledon. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.